Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Oh yes, Guilty Movie Pleasure fans, we are back in quarantine and I got a green wall behind me, so you know what that means. It's going to look really weird like we're uh, the Tiger King web series episode today. Uh, you can even see part of- The strangest thing is I have a white logo that says chaos and you can see their faces through it. So I might just play with that for the next 45 minutes instead of saying anything. What do you think? Should, should that be our show? That's yes, my question. I think so. That's the question okay. for our live audience. Hey, I'm your host, right. Ben Begley. And with me as always... Jesse McIntosh. Yeah, yeah. And today... We are covering uh, Guilty Movie Pleasure. If you haven't watched our show before, uh, you know, before you get into the minutiae of things like some people like to, we know our show is called Guilty Movie Pleasures. We've done <laughs> 202 episodes. Sometimes we choose movies that are topical, like last week, Rise of Skywalker. I would argue it's a Guilty Movie Pleasure because it got the worst reviews of the entire franchise and has some guilty moments. Some people disagree with that and are very adamant that we stick to one thing. Guess what? We get bored and we're in quarantine. We want to watch whatever we decide to watch. And this week, though, I would say not to give away my rating up at the top, but this is definitely a guilty movie. And I promised last week that Jesse would get to choose. So, Jesse, what were your choice? What was uh, give a few more of your list? Yeah, I gave. For, well, let me just give some background here, because, uh, yes, I was told that it was my choice for this week as Ben continues to be fascinated by <laughs> the the lighting that he just, set up for himself. Holy crap, green screen is amazing, guys. Have you <laughs> tried it? I keep going, sorry. Um, so I gave, I sent out a list mm-hmm. of about six or seven movies. Um, and the immediate reaction from Ryan, our producer was, let's do any of those except the skulls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> And then somehow we ended up <laughs> narrowing in on only the skulls so ryan now you know how i feel a lot of weeks <laughs> i literally was like i've never even heard of this movie yeah right right so that's no reason to disqualify it well i, I ryan, understand though, that you were saying that like people might not have heard about it but it is it's an extremely guilty movie and yeah. uh you should go educate yourself ryan Watching the skulls, man. Ryan, it was made in 2000, so you were what, two years old then? Um, you're you're warm, but uh, that's all I'll say. (laughs) Don't tell me how old you really were. I'll just (laughs) slam my face against one of their faces. Uh, so Jesse, you're the one who suggested this. I had never seen it before. Uh, so I'd like to hear. I want you to take a little bit more point on this episode because I want to hear what you thought about it when you first saw it. Um. And and what made it stick with you? Sure. Uh, so I I just felt like I mean I saw it probably around the time it came out and thought it was like a really easy, entertaining yeah. hour and a half. Like there's there's intrigue, there's tension, there's uh, like s- sort of uh, like seeing into a world that I'm not familiar with. There's it has the element. Uh, I don't think the writers were familiar with it either. No, I think that that's now rewatching it. It's very clear. Um, (laughs) But it it has an element in it that I am always drawn to in movies. Um, I'm not, this is not unique to me. 
but the idea that like an underdog is better than the favorite mm-hmm. basically not just wins but like they are coming from a more righteous place they yeah. are the person who uh like experiences better than wealth um mm-hmm. which which is a theme that you'll find if i like went through my favorite movies you would probably find that in most of them um do you have another one that's similar or am i putting you on the spot by asking you that uh well uh i mean um e- even in the movies that i suggested to you eight mile is one of them yeah and the um, only that I, I didn't say eight miles because i think arguably it's just a great movie with uh an oscar-winning song as well Sure. It's, it's, I think, widely considered a very good movie. I always suggest it to you because it is, it is in my top five movies of all time, which wow. I don't think a lot of people have it there. Um, so that, like... I think I've only yeah. seen it once. Really? Maybe twice. Maybe twice. Um, yeah, so just, like, relatively speaking, I guess you could consider it, for me, a guilty pleasure because I have it so high. But, I you know, see. that... Goodwill Hunting is another one that mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. I love um, that movie. I did that, to- ben, <laughs> I did that Ben Affleck monologue at a UCLA <laughs> media workshop in front of casting directors where I was like, I had like a can of soda and I was like, you know what the best part of my day oh, no. is? The 10 seconds from when I get out the car to when I come knock on your door and I think to myself, Maybe he won't be there. Maybe you just left. No goodbyes. No see you later. It was so bad. Like, why did I do that? And they're like, afterwards, you can tell they're like, yeah, yep, that's a movie that <laughs> that's that's like, something right. we recognize for sure. <laughs> Anyways, keep going, Jesse. Um, so you you he, enjoy, so you had he, a, you got a kick out of that when you when you first saw it. It was easy. It came out around the same time as like that. There was like a string of these teenage thrillers, not teenage, yeah. but like college thrillers. Like I think Scream pretty much kicked off this kind of genre again um with um i know what you did last time i know those are slashers but then there was like disturbing behavior which was kind of a horror thriller um wild things there was a lot of like wild things we should do wild things that that movie's (laughs) wild it is bananas (laughs) and how they like reveal the entire movie in the end credits if i remember right they like tell you everything that happened finally yeah they they like go back and fill in all the blanks where you're like what is happening i i I know we're not talking about that movie but i almost imagine that they did a test screening when oh no none of this makes sense and then added all the scenes later but so what do you think of this now watching it as a as a grown adult with a with a slightly trimmed down beard from last week yeah, look at check out uh, the style that we're rocking like today. It. I like um, it. It's a lot more comfortable. Uh, well, I was like actually pretty nervous to go back and rewatch it because I I was <laughs> you like tried to this back is... out. Yeah, I was like you were texting. Is... You're like uh, I'm actually getting worried that this movie might just be terrible because <laughs> <laughs> you're like sending me screenshots like eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like I don't know. I kind of remember really liking this movie, um, and so I was like pretty nervous that I was going to have to come and defend teenage me um but like you know it's it's flawed but it's like it had my attention the whole time yeah i was like really it's 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 very fun it's very i like maintain that through when i initially watched it till now it's a, a really enjoyable experience there's nothing like there's no like overarching anything to be gleaned from it there's no like hidden message there's there's nothing they, like I think they think there is, but there yeah, is Yeah, right. There's nothing breakthrough about it, uh like visually, cinematically. Yeah. Um there's like very few I almost no surprising elements to it. Um I found 
a couple of the twists surprising because I didn't know okay. anything about the movie. But we'll get it. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say there's there's exactly one thing wrong with it, but I'm not going to reveal that yet. I'm going to let you uh, tell oh, us what you think. Only about one. It. Okay. There's uh, only one thing. Otherwise, this is a flawless film. But there's <laughs> otherwise only one thing. Where watching it this time, I was like, wait a second. I but go ahead. Um, I think that if this movie was made now, I would uh-huh. hate it. But I think because it has that, any movie that came out in 2000 still feels, the first couple years of, of the new millennium feels very 90s still. I feel like that happens all the time. Like early 90s movies still feel super 80s. Um, and uh, so that had that nostalgia to it and it had that charm it reminded me of high school. It reminded me of going to the movies with my buddies and watching ridiculous movies like Disturbing Behavior and stuff like that, and The Faculty and things like that. Um, and I found it really entertaining to watch. I found myself laughing, not because it was funny, but because the plot holes. And I text you while I was watching it. I was like, dude half of this doesn't make any sense and you were like no ben it's just secrets and i'm like it's that's what listen, it is yeah it's about a secret society they're not plot holes they're plot secrets yeah here's my biggest thing is that my my big i, I had fun watching it i had it it was super guilty uh i love paul walker i love him in the in the fast and furious movies uh he is he he's he's doing a lot in this he yells a lot it's like he was directed by rob cohen just to be angry as often as possible but you can still see glimpses that that, because there there's there's moments even in the fast and furious movies where you're like paul walker's a better actor than he was allowed to be you know in in these kind of movies and joshua jackson you know pacey from dawson's creek i loved season one and maybe two of dawson's creek so it brought back some memories that being said the plot is silly as hell. Um, I have so many questions about this secret society. Um, A, and then we'll get into more, but my biggest yeah. question is the entire movie is building up to them being finally accepted into it, basically, this group of, uh-huh. of new recruits. But they are given the literal keys to the kingdom so early on and shown the inner bowels of this like dungeon-esque secret society. But I also don't really know what the secrets are. They never, so there's two main issues I have. I I don't know why they give the new recruits so much access right away. Sure. And for those people that get that far and then decide, nah, this isn't for me. Do they just murder them or do you have to stay in? And then the second thing is, we keep being told that they're so nefarious and and uh, an evil society, and and his friend Will is investigating it. But then they never. He even finds the the stuff that Will had found out, and then they never reveal any bigger plot to them, except that they pull string. They pull very um, generic strings in the town. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I get that they cover up. And and they cover up the thing that happens to Will, but that's one person. But we're led to believe that the whole society is evil, but the only way we're ever shown that they're evil is that they're just secret. So I'll push back a little bit. Oh yeah, please, because maybe it's you know maybe I missed something in, in the yeah. I, I don't know that they are inherently evil. I think okay. that they're inherently they they're set up 
to to uh, like influence powerful people and okay. lift up the people of the society into powerful positions for their own benefit. So they're set up um, as more nepotism and corrupt. Than yeah, evil. yeah, they're they're set up to sort of help each other, but with that amount of power, uh, typically comes a little bit of uh, problematic elements uh, to the society. And so mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't think that they're necessarily all out to do evil, but when someone is there exposing who they are or exposing the secrets they're meant to keep, um, not necessarily like these are, these are like bad things that I've done, not those secrets, but if everything is secret and someone is out there to expose it, mm-hmm. um, then I guess you got to keep that quiet. And then that one thing leads to another. And now we're covering up crimes, you know? Now, but if it's so secret, they let a whole group of people in. That's that's a problem. Very quickly. And yeah. their first task is to go steal a snake. And, well, God, we'll get into that. And then only two of them actually succeed, yet all of them are admitted in. <laughs> I don't... And that's right. it. That's like the hazing process. So um, I think I think the idea is that uh, once, like everyone wants to be a part of it, mm-hmm. so it doesn't even occur to them that if we accept you, you would reject us. Yeah, but uh, that's a little short sighted. I think Do you like. That I can't you? imagine there wasn't another person who was like, you know what, not for me. Yeah, only Joshua Jackson in all these decades has been like, right? Yeah, you guys, this is really not cool. Right. I feel like this is a movie where a lot happens, but nothing happens at the same time, if that makes sense. Okay. Where like, where like there's a lot of plot, but, but nothing beyond the surface level of it. You know, like, like there's a lot of ideas that then they just yeah. kind of like the second I'm like, oh man, his, his friend is investigating. And then it's like, nope, his friend is dead. That was immediate. Like there's no, there's no building of tension. They move so quickly on to, which is funny because that's part of my biggest problem with it, but part of what also entertained me, if that makes yeah, sense. Right. Like it moves so fast that I'm like, oh shit, I'm entertained. But it also moves so fast that I'm like, wait, what, but uh, that doesn't really connect or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, but to, to address something like one of your concerns there that I think would have helped yeah. actually building the tension is if you see everyone right away, you see the judge and you see the senator and you see the provost and you see all these people right away and you know that they're part of the club. Yeah. Um, that releases a lot of tension that you could have built by just not like sh- when we first see them, the, the like recruiters are in robes. So we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you had just kept everyone in robes for a while, we could have revealed the powerful people that are in this. Yeah secret society over the course of the movie and it which could have been like cop, which i thought was a nice surprise like I was yeah like, wait a minute you know right and now we're just like revealing how deep this goes and how much like how in bed with the culture it is mm-hmm. and how much trouble you're actually in because when we know everyone involved we know who to avoid yeah it's not it's just like the first purge movie when they're all running from the guy that they let into the house and there's no tension because you know that dude's innocent and all the creepy people with masks outside are the, the threat. So you're like, yeah, why am I afraid of this guy? He's just a dude that needed help. Right. But um, 
that being said, I do think that this is a solid idea, and I almost wish they would remake this. Um, which there is a new Netflix show called The Order, because uh, I was searching the skulls and just seeing what other people had written about it and stuff. And there's a new show called The Order, and it looks like the skulls meets like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, and it looks rad. So maybe they just did that. I think they did make they made at least two, two sequels to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were straight to VOD or straight to DVD back in the day, yeah. DVD and VHS. All right, so let's uh, let's do this plot in under three minutes, Ryan. You ready there in the booth? I can't get enough of this. Oh, there it is. It's back. Oh, there it is. <laughs> this is my favorite, though, that my can of LaCroix is invisible, basically. You're Ryan. basically David Blaine. We are all set, y'all. Uh, I'll have it up for you. Right oh, as shit. you start. <laughs> <Right as> you <laughs> start. <laughs> You couldn't tell, but I dropped my invisible can on myself. Alrighty, I'll count you in. Going in. Three, one, go. Jesse, start us off. Alright, so uh, we start off with uh, Joshua Jackson, his rowing crew. He's running late, and he they have this amazing crew win. Ben pointed out to me is the longest crew sequence of any movie of all time. So but they lose, a, they lose an oar, they lose a guy, and Joshua Jackson just takes over, and they win anyway. It was like the big Ivy League championship, so him and his buddy are like drinking, and he's like, uh, we're like, we're, they're both wondering, oh, are we going to get into the skulls? I hope, I hope, because they would pay for my law school, which I really want to go to. And so it strikes midnight, and they're like, alright, well, midnight passed, uh, didn't get in. Then they get a phone call to the girlfriend's house, not girlfriend, but the friend who's a girl, her house or her apartment. And they're like, come to this phone. And so he runs. Lucas and gets to a, Yeah, he goes to another phone. And then there's a little cup that says, drink me. And he drinks it. And he wakes up in a coffin <laughs> on a pod. Yeah, he wakes up in a coffin. Uh, and, and they're on like a lily pad, like a cement lily pad. They're these dudes in red robes that are like, you must steal a snake. And they do this riddle thing. And then they go to another uh, secret society fraternity. And uh, all of these fraternities, by the way, that are secret, they don't have any guards or security, just cameras, apparently. Or people in them. Or people. They're just really empty. <laughs> so they sneak up to the top of this thing. They steal this uh, snake statue. Paul Walker and, uh, and Joshua Jackson fall, and it's super tense until they just fall into the moat that they already established. So it's just water. I don't know why we were worried for them. And then they bring the snake back. They all get accepted. They go to this um, mansion where they take a boat out there, and then apparently there's just... Um, prostitutes that show up and and they've already been pre-assigned but then don't worry they never come back and don't play any other role in it um and then uh joshua jackson comes back and his friend will's like yo man anybody that's elite and secret it can't be good we find out that he's investigating he's taking pictures paul walker confronts him and then the next thing we see is joshua jackson finds his friend hanging with a note on the computer that says i'm sorry right and so then the police officer is questioning him and he's sort of like seems like he might be saying, did you do it? You had a fight with him? And he's like, no, no, I didn't do it. Um, And then so he goes back to the skulls and they are doing a thing where it's like a trust exercise. So they put him in a cage and they set him down. They're like, did like get get answers from your soulmate and so another scene that Walker, escalates so quickly yeah what's the worst thing you've ever done and he won't tell him and so he comes out and he's basically like this is your book i found that you know where i found this and so then paul walker tells him hey it was an accident uh da, 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 da. and he's with his dad and his dad's like i'm gonna protect you will you protect me um and then he goes back to the uh, woman that he's friends with and he tells her um, but they set up this whole thing where like she breaks up with him in public so that the provost uh, like, does, stops bugging his room, her room. Yeah. Oh yeah, we found out that the rooms are bugged. <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff! So uh, much! Uh, uh, and then um, 
shit. And then, uh, uh, oh, 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 and then he hi- he goes and and gets his friends that are car thieves to go and uh, and and sneak into this place somehow undetected by the cameras and find out when the bodyguard is taking the the, the tapes and and hiding it in the library. Long story short, they end up finding those tapes. They find out that the that Will was still alive when Paul Walker left, and that the dude Three, came in and cracked his neck two, and killed him. So one. then, oh god, Joshua Jackson goes and, and does a duel with Paul up. Walker. Like, Yay! Yeah. Good god! Oh okay. boy, this boy, is oh, an. Okay, so the the best example of this are two scenes. My biggest issues. Um, okay. They spend so long on the row crew scene. It's like. It felt like an eternity of him just rowing, and like I guess because he's so good at rowing, that means he should be a part of this secret society. Because that's all we know about him is that he's good at rowing and that he is applying to law school, and that he used to steal cars. Yes, and that he's an orphan, uh, and his yeah. buddies who stole cars uh, now kind of tease him a little bit and think he's elitist. Right. So that row scene is the most developed scene in the entire movie, I feel like, because then when they go into the trust cage and and he's like, ask them anything and they have to say it. I was like, oh, this is going to be like a meaty scene where they like he plays some mind games with him and then eventually gets it out. And then like the second question is, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And then Paul Walker screaming back at him and then he hands him the book and the scene's done. And you're like, what? I feel like more there was a buildup of tension missed there and like a little bit more information to, to, to glean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, they actually, I feel like they do that scene backwards. Cause you're right. Like Joshua Jackson screams at him. Right Immediately. Away. But then he like handles it actually really well. He, he like starts talking about his, how his dad always covers for him yeah. and how uh, like he's, he's always afraid that like his, his dad is basically like clearing up all his mistakes and he's actually not a good person. Yeah. And like, we get some of that from Paul Walker in like a downward trajectory from where the scene started rather than like starting there and building up. Yeah. That's the worst thing you've ever done. Um, so yeah, it's, it's handled probably not in the best way. It feels like, I think we've talked about this before where it feels like, the writer was like, hey, man, uh, Mr. Cohen, Rob Cohen, the director, um, uh, this is just a rough draft. So whatever notes you have, uh, let me know. And the director just looks at it and goes, cool, we're shooting next week. And he's like, well, ah, okay, 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 go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention that Caleb Mandrake and Lucas McNamara might be the two coolest names ever. I feel like they spent a lot of time thinking of those names. Caleb Mandrake. That yeah. <laughs> I've never heard a more just like dick swinging name than that. I'm Caleb Mandrake. Like he definitely, if you asked him what his family crest is, he could be, he'd be able to describe it to you in detail. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're a Mandrake, you definitely know that. <laughs> uh, so just in fact, just, yeah, yeah. In fact, our first sound clip is yeah. exactly uh, the vibe that you're describing. can't tell if it's playing ryan clip number one ryan he was a skull the day he was born that's caleb mandrake he was a skull the day he was born i mean technically we all have skulls when we're born do you think that's what they meant do you think they were talking about his body his bone structure 
I'm going to say definitively yes. Okay. <laughs> I've never been more sure about anything in my life. <laughs> here's here's a question I have yes, about please. sort of like logistics of this club. Yeah. Is they only accept seniors. But I feel like the people making the decisions are, I guess they're just out of college because they seem college age. Yeah. The guys who are like recruiting. I, I missed that detail that they only accept seniors. Um, yeah, they're all seniors and they're all like, this is our chance to get in the secret that makes society. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also are so secret that they're not even allowed to say they're a member. It's like when you shoot a, it's like when you shoot an Apple commercial and you sign so many NDAs <laughs> that even if it never airs, you're never yeah. allowed to mention it, which definitely didn't happen to me. Clearly. Uh, this is actually the one major, major flaw of this movie. Brand on the wrist. Th- not even that. Okay, but that please. is a problem. Because they put the watch over it. They brand you and then they put the watch over it. They, they could have branded you anywhere. That's assuming that the, the watch left. never comes off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But here's the here's the major problem with this movie. Mm-hmm. Is they tell you right away, the first rule, you're not allowed to talk about it, right? You're not allowed to tell anybody. Yeah. When Paul Walker inducted and his dad is giving the speech paul walker should be like what the hell dad yeah but he's not he's like hell yeah that's my dad so he knew the whole time that his dad was in the skulls yeah that should immediately disqualify his dad everyone watching his reaction right there of not being like what the hell that's a good point craig t nelson you're out of the skulls dude you violated rule one yeah that's a very good point because they're not even Thank supposed you. to mention it to their family. Hold on, I'm going to shut my window because a plane's flying by and it's loud as hell. One second. All right. Being very professional <laughs> during this podcast. There we go. We, yeah, we have a is, nice shot. That is, something, that is something that definitely he shouldn't know that. That doesn't make any sense. He shouldn't know. And it seems like it's just common knowledge. Everyone's just like, can this I, is legacy. This is Skull's legacy right here. Can I just say that Craig T. Nelson is a gosh darn national treasure even sure even is. though his character is kind of whatever in this movie love him zeke braverman on parenthood that guy that guy is the best coach mr, mr. incredible coach yeah he's the greatest come on so, come on so there's i think that the movie benefits from casting craig t nelson and w- william peterson because they bring more to the roles than is yeah. remotely <laughs> written on the page yes um there's a menace to craig t nelson he even though there's not really, uh, the, he brings a more three dimension, three dimensionality. Yeah, three dimension in the alalalily. That's how he say it. Well said. Yeah, it's definitely three dimension in a lot of all anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, first off, if I was ever inducted into a club and I woke up in a coffin on a cement lily pad in an underground pool, I guess yeah. dungeon pool. Yep, that, dungeon that, pool. That might be a red flag for me that this isn't my bag, you know? Well, yeah. Also, they're like, uh, you're about to be reborn. And then they come out of coffins. I would be like, this is actually not reborn. This is uh, reanimated. Like, reborn, I should come out of a womb, <laughs> yeah. I think. Like, this is... You So you wish they all came out of, like, giant vaginas and crawled they out? Should, there okay. should be placenta on them. Okay, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, they, they're coming from being dead in this scenario. Funny, Which is not reborn. <laughs> funny story. I knew a guy who uh, had a tent at Burning Man. He had an exhibit there. And uh-huh. he would give people their rebirth certificate. 
and they were all hopped up on drugs and they would go through this thing and they would come out the other end of this tunnel and they literally walked through a giant vagina <laughs> and were reborn. See, and that's he, appropriate. He had it in his backyard when I went over there, this this like giant structure. And I'm like, you just have a giant vagina sitting in your backyard. That's a that's gotta be strange if your neighbors have kids. How do you explain Does, it? Or if you just have neighbors. Private rebirths? Is he doing private rebirths in his backyard? <laughs> or does he introduce his kid by to all of his family and friends by pushing it through the big vagina? The birth announcement? He is not. <laughs> so, the gender reveal? <laughs> so uh, there's just... I just have so many questions about the logistics of the building itself. Like, yeah, it's a fraternity, but they have all these underground caverns and it seems to go on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so secret, but they have no security except for these CCTV cameras that they then take the tapes and put them in a library with a, which again, doesn't really have security. It has one dude that just goes, Hey, don't go in there. And then chases Joshua Jackson very slowly, mind you. Right. So I, I, I feel like the first problem the skulls have is their lack of trying to actually keep their secret secret. For sure. And I would actually add to that that um, like we do see the guy who's bringing the video to, or the uh, recordings back and forth, the security footage back and forth. He seems like the closest thing we have to security. Yeah. And for the whole second half of the movie, the university provost is just in full view of the full the whole student body chasing people with guns, <laughs> getting in car chases. Like, bro, hire a security yeah. guy yeah. to handle your dirty work for you. What are you doing? And I believe you mean Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin, yes. the yes, university provost. Yeah, that's do, amazing to me. There's all these chase scenes in the end where he's just in, in not broad daylight, he's out, but he's out in the open. Chasing yeah. these. Oh God, it's so funny. So they they have to steal a python first. Which I already talked about how they they there's like this tense moment where they're about to fall off the roof, and it's like you gotta save me, man. And I'm like, there's water below. You guys are yeah, these are fine. good. Like even if it's a shallow moat, you're still okay. You yeah. know, right? I would have liked, and I thought they were building this up in the beginning. I thought they were building us to more of a relationship between Paul Walker and Joshua Jackson. And I feel like they just dropped that like 20 minutes in. They don't really ever establish, because it would have been cool to see them start to form a bond. And then the betrayal of knowing that Paul Walker may or may not have killed Joshua Jackson's best friend. Like it just feels like they, they threw everything in the kitchen sink into this movie with like all kinds of crazy plot, 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 plot without ever developing any of them. Yeah. I, I think it, it suffers a little bit from what we, what I was talking about last week with like, I, I think the person going through the most conflict in this movie is Paul Walker. Yeah. And he is not featured. Like we don't get a ton of solo. I would Paul have loved Walker him scene. to be the lead. Right. Like, it was yeah. just about him. Right, because he's he's torn between Joshua Jackson and uh, Craig T. Nelson. Like he's family or friends. Like but we never get enough of a friend- the family you choose. Right, but we never we get never- enough of a friendship to care about his torn nature. You know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Imagine yeah, if this they- movie was Paul Walker. Uh, 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 he's wanted this his whole life this is his family legacy and then the realization of the dark secrets this place really is and having to betray that legacy 
that to me is a much more interesting protagonist. Right. Because what, what they did instead is because Joshua Jackson is, they, they set it up a little bit that way where he's torn between his new friends and his old friends. But it's like you said, it's so quickly disintegrates. Like the, his best friend is killed and he then immediately tells his only other friend in the world, I guess. Um, Like the poor crew team is like, what, like you can't confide in any of us. We're, We're going to battle with you every Saturday. Um, but yeah, like that's the conflict for him. And it just isn't, it isn't made to be as important as the conflict that Paul Walker is supposed to feel about betraying his father. Yeah. I think when you remake this with the Paul, with Caleb Mandrake as the lead, what's that? <laughs> friendship has no middle ground. What's that, Jesse? Yeah. So this is, uh, when, uh, Joshua Jackson is confronted by his soon to be dead friend about like, Hey, just tell me what happened last night. And he won't tell him. And so he says this. Clip to Ryan. When it comes to friendship, there is no middle ground. I feel like, I feel like friendship is almost entirely Mm -hmm. middle ground, right? Like you have to come to a middle ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, finding commonalities between two people, I would say, is friendship. Right? He's saying once you once you are friends, you're you either are or you aren't. Oh, uh, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> that statement right there summarizes my thoughts of the entire movie. Where I'm like, yes. That, in theory, what you just said makes sense. Yes, <laughs> but in actuality, <laughs> it makes my head hurt. Okay. <laughs> So you either listen, are or you aren't friends. There's no middle ground about Paul yeah. Walker, right? It's this is a friendship secret, dude. Okay, okay. It's all secrets. If, okay. if, if something isn't clear, it's because <laughs> it is intentionally kept secret from you. I said, um, I <laughs> I love the fact that they're called soulmates. It's such a bromantic thing to have in this. I love it, and that that's why when I'm like, oh man, they're like they're like going full out. These, they're soulmates. They're really going to build up their relationship. Oh, no, they're just going to abandon their relationship. Cool, 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 cool. Never mind. Right, um, right. Caleb's dad's the main skull we already talked about. Uh, Joshua Jackson gets $20,000 in his account, and he's like, I'm rich, bitch. This is great. You know, he's so stoked. Um, there's nothing that makes that would make you not want to be a part of this because you're you're just – they're in the tryouts the entire movie – and they already get 20 grand in their bank account. They get uh, uh, the dream car when they come back from a mansion where they just, I guess Joshua Jackson banged that girl. I don't know. And Tom Walker definitely banged those two other girls. Got two girls. Yeah. And they're, it seems like they're pre-assigned because she came also, up and already knew everything about uh, Lucas McNamara. Yeah. Are there, are there women in the skulls? And if not, what were these women told about the event that they're attending? Yeah. And, and what happens to them after? Are they just, are they, because they didn't seem like prostitutes. No. Uh-uh. But if they're not prostitutes, what life choices have you made where you just show up to a party of a secret society? You're given basically a resume of a dude and go, hey, go screw that guy. And, uh, right. you know, don't tell anybody. Right. I well, we don't know. Maybe they're off. just slow dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, you're right. I'm <laughs> I'm thinking the worst of the skulls. Yeah, well, uh, we saw was slow dancing. 
I want a spinoff of just the harem of women to find out their backstory <laughs> and their madam and how they revolt eventually and like go full on bobbit on all the skulls. I wonder if they were if if they were recruited to whatever society they're a part of the same way. Like it's it's equally elite in whatever school they came from. You are in the most elite prostitution <laughs> thing that exists. Um <laughs> I just was so confused by that. And then immediately Paul Walker's uh, book and his key gets stolen because apparently not the brightest bulb in the bunch because no. he left his secret book with his secret key to the secret society, just like sitting on his passenger seat, I guess. A mistake for sure. Yeah. A mistake. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you think that's going to be a little bit of tension and drawn out. Like who has it? What are they going to find out? No, immediately, you know, it's Will. And immediately he gets confronted. Then immediately he hangs, hangs himself. Right. Um, what clip is, oh, oh, oh. And then, you know, we can skip around a little bit because there's the revealing ceremony where they, uh, this is the final stage of their soulmate ship, right? Sure. Yeah. And they, they basically go into a, it's like seven minutes in heaven, but you <laughs> scream at each other. And you're in a cage underground. Yeah, and it's not really yeah. secret because everyone else can hear what you're saying. Yes. It, it seems like if you're soulmates, it would make more sense for them to go somewhere that was soundproofed and no one else could hear. And You would think so. They learn about each other because then in that moment, Paul Walker could have confessed to him and it could have been character building instead of uh, just more angry, generic yelling. But what do I know? What do I know? But here's a great it's example a of angry, generic yelling. Yes, please. Clip three. Don't play games with me, Caleb. What's the worst thing you've ever done? The worst. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever done? The worst. Oh, this is the God. third time he's asked that question. Also. Is the soulmates deserve the truth? Is that from the same scene? Uh, it is immediately after that when they're when he like they're together with Craig T. Nelson and Craig T. Nelson's like. Hey, you should you should tell Joshua Jackson what's going on here. <laughs> Play that clip four. Well, I think your soulmate has a right to hear the truth. You know that's 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 some good logic there. You need to be truthful to your soulmate. It's good life advice. Again, this is another example where the movie uh, brings up tension and then immediately resolves it in the next scene. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. where you're like, oh, oh, okay, I guess we're moving on from that now. Um, <laughs> so. Craig T. Nelson, we find out he's protecting the senator. Um, then another plot element is brought in where the senator is like, hey, you can find these tapes. There's a, I'm Foghorn Leghorn. I'm a little bit of a <laughs> Kentucky Fried senator here. And you can find these tapes in the library. And they will be also, really the senator must be, must be on recess. Because this <laughs> senator is never lawmaking. Also, only <laughs> why is he the only one that talks like this? <laughs> Why is he the only Southern know. Belle amongst all these soulmates? You need one. Yeah, you're right. Wait, how, feasibly, this happens over at least a week or so. Like, and he's always there. Apparently, the Senate just wasn't busy. They're, yeah, you're right. They're on recess. I mean, let's be honest. The Senate takes a lot of recess. They sure do. Maybe he was teleworking. Maybe he's ahead of his time. <laughs> so, um, uh, God bless it. Um, Paul Walker finds out that the place is bugged. And then I love that he says, uh, I never meant to hurt your friend to, to Joshua Jackson right after beating the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the least convincing. Listen, man, 
I never meant to hurt your friend after literally there's like a two minute fight of him just beating the hell out of Joshua Jackson. Well, he needed, cause what happened if he opened the door and he just saw Paul Walker there and Paul Walker was like, let's chat. He would have been like, Caleb, get the hell out of my room. And then the bugs would have picked it up and they would have been like, why is Caleb in the room? Uh, so he had to silence him right away. Really? I don't know. I think, I I think just, that, that's, that's a fighter's mentality right there. I like that. I'll go with that. Yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> I think there's an easier way of just going like, instead of, you know, but I don't know. I've never been in a fight. Punch first, ask questions later. That's what I always say. I mean, yeah, that is your mantra. You say that weirdly before every show. Every single show. Punch first, ask questions later. And I go, I'll follow your advice maybe next time. And I used two two months ago, I would say it holding your shirt with two hands. But now I just say it. Well, I think your soulmate has a right to hear the truth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what's not right but it worked is that the uh is that it's, uh, that's actually the same scene that's craig T- craig t nelson saying uh like hey you know we got away with it kind of yeah well, it may not be right but it worked you could say that about almost everyone in power right now yeah you <laughs> well, sure may not be right but it worked that would be the that would be it would <laughs> yeah. be a question mark it worked Oh God. Anyways. Um, so Chloe breaks up with him very, uh, very dramatically. And then they have sex in the shower. Um, they go and get his buddies from his past life that are car thieves. Again, these in this secret society, these three kids are able to sneak in (laughs) with a camera, film everything. And yet the cameras don't get that. Or the secret society is just like super lazy and doesn't have anybody actually checking the tapes. Right. So it's like we my actually, condo complex where like nobody checks the tapes unless there's a car break in. So like, but you should probably run a secret society with a little bit more, I don't know, um, security than a condo yeah, complex. Em- emphasis on keeping the secrets. You yeah. also didn't need the people in the building. Like you see the guy coming in. Just wait till he comes out. Like it's you no know way. that he's carrying the tapes it's out. Not, you don't need to have three like people the, inside. It's not like they're getting the tapes from the tape room. They're just no. needlessly endangering themselves. Um, there's this. Let's skip to the end. So uh, yes. they they end up shooter McGavin. Uh, they chase. Uh, he steals the tapes. They end up finding out that Will wasn't actually killed. Uh, that Will didn't die from Paul Walker having from him falling in the accident. They came in and full on snapped his neck after Paul Walker left. Uh, but actually, first, this is when in the tape when we find out that the neck got snapped. This is uh, Paul Walker yelling about how he just killed a guy. Clip six. Dad, I just killed a guy in the ritual room. <laughs> Dad, I just killed a guy in the ritual room. So um, then then it gets bonkers like this is the part where the third act gets insane out of nowhere like yeah we're like we're going to try and sum this up in two minutes joshua jackson gets committed to an asylum because he's he in the most dizzying scene i've ever seen where it's shot like he gets committed to an asylum he's basically drugged and incapacitated uh the senator helps him break out uh there's a big car chase and then the cop shoots Shooter McGavin, and that body yep. is apparently the provost is murdered, and they cover that up somehow. Then they figure out a way to uh, challenge with a gentlemanly duel Paul Walker, 
They go and have a duel. Paul Walker is about to shoot Joshua Jackson, and Joshua Jackson throws the gun down, and then Craig T. Nelson goes to shoot him instead, and Paul Walker shoots his own dad. And then um, the senator goes, ha-ha, thank you. You helped me. Uh, other Mandrake is out of power now. I'm in control, so we can do great things together. And he's like, nah, I'm out. And then he goes and lives at a lighthouse. Yep. Uh-huh. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a whole lot of plot. Uh, Craig T. Nelson doesn't die. Paul Walker tries to oh, yeah. commit suicide, and Joshua Jackson stops him from doing that. And then I guess we're just meant to believe that everyone is like, all right, well, back to back to normal. <laughs> back to normal after all of that. Yeah. Again, that's where like they ramp, they cram in so much in the last 30 minutes that I'm like, what? Anyways, yeah. uh, we we talked a lot about this and then rushed <laughs> the third act. Like, like that's typical for us. Um, Classic us. Jesse, what's your rating on this? What do you rate this on the guilty movie pleasure scale? This is an unbelievable movie. I love this movie to death. This is guilty but awesome. Really? Get the, I love this get movie. Get out of here. No way. I love this movie. <laughs> Ooh, it's a it's a guilty pleasure. Be, be, because of nostalgia. Because okay, of nostalgia okay. for me. It's, yeah. I, that's fine. I I have a ton of guilty but awesome movies that are yeah. I would say this is a guilty pleasure that just narrowly, because of nostalgia, dips out of the 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 guilty but terrible category. Just narrowly mm. escapes that. <laughs> but I, I would say it's a guilty pleasure for sure um until next time jesse where can they find you we're out of time already you can find me on twitter and instagram at too much jesse for sketch at the prom losers you can find me at the ben begley on twitter and instagram you can find us at guilty movie guys make sure you leave a comment on our itunes page make sure you like us on youtube and follow us on twitter and give your suggestions our way we're in quarantine sometimes our brains aren't working with what we want to do next we're thinking capone with tom hardy if anybody wants us to talk about that i hear he shits his pants twice so you had me at that uh anyways uh yeah keep the conversation going what did you think of the skulls we'd love to know if this is one of your favorite 2000s movies or if you hated it until next time what is your guilty movie pleasure from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been a presentation of the popcorn talk network